it's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister with the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. And if you are joining me this evening, I appreciate you tuning in. I pray that the lesson you find will be in accordance with the scriptures. And if you hear anything that is not, please let that be known. We are broadcast many different ways during the week. We try to publish these at least a couple of times a week. And if you are watching on Facebook or YouTube and you wish to make a comment in the comment section, please do. I do monitor those, and I try to get back with those who do uh, who do try to uh, give me a message through there. And uh, you may be listening on the radio show or the podcast or through some other means that we publish. Uh, you know, that's, that's fantastic as well. There's different ways to contact me uh, if you're not on Facebook and YouTube. But one way you can get a hold of me is to call or text 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keeping in mind, I'm in the central time zone. My email is gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com, and that's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Let me hear from you. Tell me a suggestion of something, kind of lesson that you want to hear or uh, something you disagreed with or any, any whatever it may be. Let me know where you're watching from. Uh, I like to hear from those who do... Uh, listen to the program. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get into the uh, lesson this evening. And like I said before, I do hope it's beneficial to you. Uh, we're going to have a lesson that I believe is very, very serious. And I want to talk about a godless nation. We had an event transpire where I live, where the football, the local pro football team won the world championship, the Super Bowl, and they had a parade. And I had a friend that went to the parade, and they were very disappointed by what they saw. They saw uh, well, the, whole, the players became very, very drunk. One of them couldn't even, one of the star players couldn't even stand up on the stage. But uh, they, he, they weren't the only ones drunk. A lot of the people who were there were, were drinking. A lot of drunkenness taking place. There was all types of profanity from everybody, even, even advertised on T-shirts, he said. And that was disappointing because there was families there. And with that being said, they had uh, uh, other crude forms of behavior, people being disrespectful to others, especially elderly. Uh, there was uh, uh, just, I, I don't even want to describe it, very crude things that he said. He said it was not a good place to take your family. But what topped off the whole evening at the end of the uh, parade was there was a, uh, a mass shooting where one person was killed and then 20-something 20 20 something people got injured. It was very disappointing. Many children were injured, and it was, it was just, it was not a celebration. It was just, a, a, it turned into a time of mourning. And it was, it was just so sad. And since that time, and, and this isn't the first time, let's face it, we, we hear about that in the United States all the time. It happens where there's, mass shootings and things of that nature. But since then, people have been asking me, why? Why Why is this taking place? 
And I've heard of all kinds of different solutions. You know, some people say we need to take the guns away. Um, but, the, you know, there's there's hypocrisy in every uh, solution that I've heard except one. And there is one solution that will work. Unfortunately, not everybody's going to accept that. And the reason I know that is because the scriptures teach it. That one solution is Jesus Christ. But as I said, the Bible says the way is wide that leads to destruction, and most are going to take that path. And so this is the world that we live in. We live in a godless nation, and that can be trying for the Christian. So I thought with our time today, we would talk about a godless nation, and we would better know how to answer those who ask why this is happening, and hopefully we can lead others through this horrible series of events, as well as future events, let's face it, hopefully we'll be able to bring them to Jesus Christ. Now, by way of introduction, I want to go through some verses with you so that we can have a a perspective of faith. You know, man thinks one way, and the Bible says we should be thinking differently. And I'm going to give you an example. In Psalms 33, 16 through 19, the psalmist says, The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. A war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might, it cannot rescue. Now think about what he just said. It is, they're saying by inspiration that the king is not saved by his great army. How many countries put their faith in a great army? You see the difference between believing something by faith and then believing something by sight? That's what we're talking about. He goes on to say, The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. So we can see then that it is the Lord who does the preserving, not some self, not some great army, It is the Lord, and no matter how much you want to will him out of existence, he's there, and everybody's going to have to deal with him, and we will on that last day when every knee shall bow, but we have to recognize that God is real and God is there. Now, in Proverbs 14, 34, there's another passage that we have to realize, and this is truth. It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. It corrupts. It literally corrupts the whole country. And so we understand that because the Bible teaches that. And so that should want us to try to stay away from sin as much as possible. Instead, a country revels in sin. And that's most unfortunate. Proverbs 13, 6 says, why? Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless but sin overthrows the wicked. What will do down a country? Sin. Sin is what took down Sodom and Gomorrah. And sin will take down any country that doesn't repent and make their life right with God. God is the one who's in control. And so we have to realize that that's what the scriptures teach. And again, I know many foolish people who want to deny the scriptures They have that choice. God's given them that choice in this life. Unfortunately, we have to deal with people who think like that, and that makes it very, very difficult indeed. 
In Jeremiah 18, 9 and 10, the prophet said, if at any time the Lord, he says, I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent to the good that I intended to do to it. Now, this is going to lead into our first point about them listening. Remember that passage because we can use that in our first point. But he says, if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice. Uh, he's not going to do the good that he wants to do. I mean, he has a plan for that place, and he wants to do good. But sin is what's keeping God from being able to accomplish that. And again, that's most unfortunate. And when sin has its way and it gets full, then the Lord you know, it deal, he deals with it. And we have an example of this in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 16. This is when uh, Abraham is being told by the Lord about what's going to happen to his descendants, how they were going to be going into slavery. But by the fourth generation after Abraham died, he is going to bring them hither, he says, but then he says, why? He says, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. In other words, they were he was going to give them that land where Abraham was, but he couldn't yet. He says, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full, meaning there comes a time when the iniquity gets to a point when it has to be dealt with. And so by way of introduction to this lesson, I think it's important that we understand how things really work according to the scriptures. The Lord is the one who's in charge, and anyone who says any differently is a fool. God is in control, and we have to serve him. We have to please him in order to receive his richest blessings. And unfortunately, when we act in such a way that we cannot uh, receive those blessings, we all have to live with the consequences. And that's exactly what took place at that parade for that football team. There was just a lot of godless acts going around until finally it ended up in bloodshed. And why? Because that's what happens in godless nations. And so let's go ahead, you know, as we use the Bible to examine the scriptures to see what we are like personally, let's also use the scriptures to be able to identify our own country. Now, if you live outside the United States, I understand I'm I'm basically talking to where the place where I live at. I live in the United States of America, and so I'm using that as, uh, uh, as the base of my message. But you can apply these principles as well to whatever country you live in, wherever you're listening to this lesson, and I would invite you to do so. And the first point is how do we identify a godless nation. That's very important. Going back to Jeremiah 12, 17, what did he say? If any nation will not listen, he says, then I will utterly pluck it up and destroy it. In other words, the Lord has messengers. He has preachers who send his word out. He They proclaim that word. He has a message, whether you hear it from a preacher whether you read it in the Bible, it's God's message. And with that being God's message, then you have to respond favorably to it. That's part of listening. 
you're, you're going to have to act in faith. In other words, you're going to have to obey what God's telling you to do. If you don't, then what did he say about that nation? He's going to pluck it up and he's going to destroy it. And we have evidence of the fact. What did he do with the world in the, in the case of uh, back in the time of Noah? He destroyed the entire world. Why? All, even their thoughts were evil, he said. And then we get to Sodom and Gomorrah. What did he do with Sodom and Gomorrah? They were utterly destroyed. What happened to Israel when Israel would not repent? They, he, he, wiped, he took them. They were, they were conquered. They were taken in as, as slaves in another country. And so we understand then that the Lord has left us evidence. This takes place. And when this takes place, we shouldn't be surprised when it happens to us. And so we have to understand it's very important that we listen to God's message. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16, the writer says, For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, for you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displease, and displease God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. And that's what the Jews were doing to Christians during the first century. They And we have evidence of that. Paul went everywhere trying to preach the gospel, and they, he was followed by Judaizing teachers, and he, they tried to hinder the work of God. And unfortunately, many times on platforms such as this, we're seeing the message of God being uh, kept from the public. They keep it from being aired. Now, why are they doing that? Well, there is a reason why they, do, don't, they don't do that. And, and Jesus made that very clear in John chapter 3 and verse 20. He says, everyone who practices wickedness hates the light and does not come to the light so that his actions will, may not be exposed. And so we understand that not everybody wants to hear the truth because the truth doesn't speak favorably to them. But, you know, that's the best part about hearing God's message is when you hear that you're wrong, you can correct things. God gives you that opportunity. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the lesson, but even a country can correct its path if it so chooses. But needless to say, we're trying to identify a godless nation, and we have to see that you know when, when the truth is being hindered, that is one sign of a, a God, being able to identify a godless country. Now, let's go on to, uh, uh, if I can get my uh, scriptures to work here, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 through 5, Paul told Timothy that in the last days, now the last days are now. When the Bible speaks in the New Testament about the last days, it's talking about the last dispensation from Christ to when he comes again. And that's we're, we've been living in the last days for some 2,000 years. And he says, understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. This is what's going to take place in the last days. And I ask you, does that not identify a godless country? Absolutely. When we live in a country where we just try to take all measure God uh, out, we don't even want Bibles in the schools, in the school libraries. When we're starting to do that and we start teaching humanist teachings based on the fact there is no God, then yes, this applies to us. There are people who don't want to hear the truth because the truth exposes who they really are. So as how is a godless nation identified? Go to the Bible. It tells you exactly. And it is sin. You can identify a godless nation by finding out how to identify sin. And if you see sin running its course, you know it's a godless nation. They're not putting God first. They're not putting God uh, at the forefront of their lives. And that's most unfortunate. The next question I want to address is what is it like to live in a godless nation? Because I believe that's where I am living. I believe I am living in a godless nation. And uh, and that, that doesn't mean there's not a lot of good people in it. There is a lot of good people in it. But there's also a lot of people who have put their hearts toward evil. And uh, that's most unfortunate. We see this in Isaiah 5.20 when it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Well, that's what we're doing. We're taking things like abortion and we're calling it good. It's it's not good. Uh, We are looking at things like drunkenness and we call it good. How do I know that? Look at what they advertise on TV. I mean, they, they entice us with drinking alcohol. And did you know one person in every 37 minutes dies of a drunk driving uh, accident, but yet they don't call. They don't yell to get rid of the alcohol, even though more people are killed by drunk driving than, than anything else. They don't call to get rid of that. They may call to get rid of the guns, but they don't call to get rid of the alcohol. Why is that? Because it's good. According to them, alcohol is good. And now gambling is getting to be good. It's not. It's bad. We'll talk more a little bit about gambling a little bit later. But that that is what it's like to live in a country that is godless. They start calling evil good and good evil, and it's most unfortunate. Proverbs 17, 15, it says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord, and that's what we're seeing. When people stand up for the truth, they get justified as, as being a a speaking hate speech. If I was to preach right now on homosexuality, somebody would would accuse me of presenting hate speech. I would just be preaching what's out of the Bible. Uh, The Lord loves everyone. We're all sinners. Everyone has the ability to repent. There's no difference between a homosexual and the person who commits some other sexual immorality like fornication, but yet it's still a sin. And if I was to preach on that, I guarantee you Someone would say, oh, he's presenting hate speech. That is someone who is looking to justify the wicked and condemn the righteous, and that is most unfortunate. Evil men, according to Proverbs 28.5, says, do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. And I do believe that's one reason why the Lord 
told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 6 not to take matters between themselves to court. Uh, you know, if you want justice, take the one who's least esteemed in the church, let him decide, because they're going to understand it better than those who are outside the church. Why is that? Because those outside the church are not seeking to understand justice. Those who are inside the church are seeking to understand it. And so we have a better chance of understanding what is right from wrong if you're in the church. You're studying it all the time when you're trying to seek out the Lord's justice. In Psalms 53 and verse 1, the fool says in his heart there's no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable abominable iniquity, and there's none who does good. Think about that. The fool says in his heart there is no God. That is a humanist. A humanist is one who does not believe in God. And every one of our elected officials need to be asked that question. Do you believe in God? If they don't believe in God, we should never elect them. Never. Because they're not going to look to the Bible as the standard from right from wrong. They're going to lean upon their own understanding, which is going to be based on politics. And that's how they're going to determine right from wrong. So if they have a segment of their people who are living uh, uh, in a rebellious way where they're involved in gangs and things of that nature, they're going to be looking to justify them so they can get their vote. That's not good. That's not good at all. We need to understand that the Bible teaches humanists are fools. And we don't need fools running this country or even having any role in the leadership. That's that's a most unfortunate thing. And that happens to godless nations. And so we have to understand that that's what you're dealing with and living in a godless nation. You're going to have to deal with humanists. And that's uh, that's a hard thing. Because when humanists get in power, then things like what we read about in Proverbs 28, 15, 16 takes place, where it says, like a roaring lion or a charging bear, a wicked ruler is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Think about that. Do we not have rulers who oppress the poor? They may not think so, but they do. They rob from them. I'll give you an example, and that's the lottery. The lottery is designed to rob from the poor. How is that? They give them a false hope. Oh, we can give you, you know, make you rich beyond your wildest means. And you have no chance practically of winning, but you they give you false hope. And so you give them the money and they collect the money. And it is, that's, those are the types of things wicked rulers do when wicked rulers should be encouraging you to use your money, not to gamble, but to use your money to pay your bills. They're not, they don't care about you. They want your money. And that's exactly what's doing. It's uh, making poor people even more poor. And that's most unfortunate. In second Peter chapter two and verse seven through eight, we read about lot. Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was not good for him. But uh, I want you to notice the words that it's used. It says, and if, talking about Lot, uh, the Lord rescued righteous Lot greatly distressed. He was greatly distressed. Why? By the sensual conduct of the wicked. For as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting 
his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. He was greatly distressed. He was in torment having to be with them. And that's what it's like to live in a godless nation. It's most unfortunate. It is. It's very, very sad. But that's what takes place. Now, is there any hope? Well, that's the next question. Can a godless nation become God-fearing? And I'll tell you right now, yes. Things like what I'm doing right now by preaching the gospel, I do that in hope of people obeying Jesus Christ, because that's the only hope. The opposite of God-fearing is to be God-serving. And and so we have to, I'm sorry, the opposite of of being a godless nation is to be God-fearing. Let me correct that. And so in order for us to be God-fearing, we have, as we already pointed out, we have to listen. Listening means we obey him. That's what we have to do. Is there hope of that? Well, we do have this promise in Jeremiah 18, 7 7 through 8. Notice what the Lord says. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck it up and break down and destroy it, if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster I intended to do to it. So we have a promise that if we repent, the Lord will spare us. And so there's hope of that. The Lord wouldn't give us a promise if it wasn't possible for man to be able to fulfill that. And we have an example, and this is the, this is really good. We have an example of a country that did. And uh, if you remember the story of Jonah, Jonah was the one who was swallowed by the great fish. Why was he swallowed by a great fish? He was trying to run away from from God. He was trying to run away from his uh, responsibility. The Lord had told him to go to Nineveh and preach against it. Well, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to do this. And so he got on a boat and he started traveling to Spain. Of course, a storm came up and, and the sailors were like, you know, why is the storm so bad? You know, because they were not making their way. And and Jonah told them, this is what's going on. The Lord's mad at me. and I'm running away. And, and so they, you know, he told them, cast me into the sea. And they cast him into the sea and the great fish swallowed him. And, and all the Lord did was help Jonah run away. He took him to the very bottom of the sea where no man had been. And so he's in the belly of that fish. His head's all wrapped in seaweed, at the, but he's still alive. <laughs> That's a miracle, isn't it? The Lord was with him. And so even at the depths of the sea where no man had been, he calls out to God and God hears him. And he causes that fish to spit him out on dry ground. And as soon as Jonah gets out on dry ground, what's the Lord do? All right, Jonah, it's time to go to Nineveh. You got to go preach against it. So now Jonah knows he's got no choice. I got to go. So he goes to Nineveh. He preaches against it. And what happened? The people repented. Jonah 3.10. When God saw what they did, how they repented, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So it is always possible for us as Christians to preach the word of God, to be able to convert others so that we do not have a godless nation. We can become a God-fearing nation, but it's going to take 
preaching. We have to tell people about the message. Well, that's my, <coughs> excuse me, that's my message for you. I hope it's good. Hope you enjoyed it. We talked about a godless nation. We talked about how a godless nation is identified, what it's like to live in a godless nation, and can a godless nation become God-fearing. We talked about all three of those points, and hopefully we are able to learn something and we'll be able to apply those in our lives so as to affect the area, the country that we live. I would pray my deepest desire is that all countries on the earth are God-fearing. Okay, that's all I got for you this evening. Uh, if you're ever in Kearney, come visit us. We are at 406 North Clark. We meet every Sunday morning at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. You can learn all about the church by going to carneychurch.com. There you can get my phone number. Uh, you can call for a ride if you need a ride, whatever it may be that you need. Uh, directions to the building, it's all right there. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, if you're outside of Kearney, go to KPGZ's website, download their app, or go to their website. They stream their signal. In Kearney, you can turn to 102.7 FM. Uh, we, are, we are on the uh, radio station every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Tune in, and you will hear a gospel message just like this. Gospel Preaching Live is also broadcast in various podcast uh, formats. We are on Amazon Music. We're on Apple, we are on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, and if there's something that you use that you don't find us on, then uh, send me an email and I'll try to get on that as soon as I can. Uh, I do want to plug Berean Spirits. It's another show I'm a part of. Uh, it's me and two other preachers. We get together each uh, week, each Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time, and uh, we study a different topic from God's Word. And so I would encourage you to uh, go to Facebook and YouTube, go to the Carney Church website, hit the Brian Spirits app. It'll take you where you need to go, and you can hear a message from God's Word. You can even take part by making comments in the comment section, and we'll use those on the show. Now, that if you can't watch it live, that's no problem. We leave past episodes up, but you can also hear them in podcast format on the same ones that uh, I mentioned earlier. Okay, that's all I have for you. Uh, be watching next time for Gospels, Gospel Preaching Live. Until uh, then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes and to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.